Welcome to Freya's Fairy Tales, where we believe fairy tales are both stories we enjoyed as children and something that we can achieve ourselves. Each week, we will talk to authors about their favorite fairy tales when they were kids, and their adventure to holding their very own fairy tale in their hands. At the end of each episode, we will finish off with a fairy tale or short story read as close to the original author's version as possible. I am your host, Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I'm also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We have included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Be sure to check out our website and sign up for our newsletter for the latest on the podcast. Today is part one of two, where we are talking to Nikki Ray about her novels. Over the next two weeks, you will hear about reading with your grandmother as a buddy reader, reading other authors' work to learn what you like and don't like, buddy writing your novels, using existing resources to promote your book, various reasons behind pen names, dealing with people that don't like your book, and interacting with your followers. Fire Within, Beyond the Stage, Book One. Music brought us together six years ago. Our love existed between guitar strings and every beat of the music. Song lyrics spoke the words of our souls, words only meant for us. He was a co-worker at my first job, a record store. So many great songs surrounded us, but I was only interested in what our song would become. With Kelly Shane, I found the first love song that filled my soul with fire, but he also introduced me to my first sad song heartache that filled my veins with ice water. Marketing a new band has brought us back together. Going on a three-week tour with Kelly, it's not how I pictured our reunion. I'm not sure I can trust him to have my back, let alone confide in him. But what worries me the most? What if my heart decides to trust him without my permission? The show is Freya's Fairy Tales, Mm -hmm. and so that is fairy tales in two ways. Fairy tales are something that we watched or listened to or read as kids. And it's also the journey of you spending weeks, months, years working on your book to then get to hold that in your hands is a fairy tale for you as well. Mm -hmm. So I like to start off with what was your favorite fairy tale when you were a kid and did that favorite change as you got older? Um, My favorite fairy tale... That's a good question. I don't know that I've ever thought about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would have to say um, Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Um, because I, so any type of stories that I read has to have some kind of, I don't know, a little bit of darkness in it, I guess. And so like, <laughs> if you, <laughs> that sounds really bad, but. Um, I feel like maybe with adding the 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 big bad wolf in there, yeah, <laughs> maybe add that kind of element to it. So I would probably go with Little Red Riding Hood. And did that change as you got older, or has it been the same throughout? Or did you like um, a nicer story when you were younger? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think that's been pretty much the same. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And so you, um, at what age did you think, hey, I might want to write a book? Or did you start, like, kind of probably started with short stories most 
don't start yeah. out with novels. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've always been an avid reader. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've that's reading has always been a big part of my life. Um, I did write stories in school. Um, you know, you have the little the little books that you put together for elementary school. I have several of those. Um, I think it was probably um, once I got a little bit older. Uh, my grandma and I were like buddy readers. And so she obviously read probably books that maybe I shouldn't have been reading, at, you know, <laughs> at maybe a junior high, high, early high school level. Um, yeah. But I was, you know, my grandma let me read them. Um, I think it's probably since then, since I, those, when I started reading my first like actual adult story books, not like, you know, kid books or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really enjoyed reading and I felt like um, I've always enjoyed you know English and that and literature and that type of thing so I think once I got up maybe into like early high school I'd always told my grandmother you know I think this is something that I would like to do. And so when did you so you're thinking that in high school when did you actually start whether you published it or not when did you actually start writing your first novel and did you ever finish it how long did it take you? Um, I actually did not start writing my first novel until, um, 2014. Okay. So that was about 12 years after I graduated high school. That's a long Um, wait. (laughs) It is a long wait. Um, I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of, um, because as a writer, you also have to be, I feel like you have to be a reader just because, um, I don't know if you're a writer, but just because I feel like it's good to see examples of what other people do, how they Mm -hmm. write, how they put the story out, how they show their readers. Um, Different ways that they display plot twists. And absolutely. Did did I like that or did I not like that? Was that too intense? Not intense enough? (laughs) Yeah. And so absolutely. And so I did a lot of reading, a lot of reading of different uh, types of stories of different types of genres within that time. And then it was about 2013-ish, I think, that I actually kind of made my way into the book world. I um, started a blog. So I okay. was blogging and, you know, reading early advanced copies of books and writing reviews and those types of things. Um, and then so once I started doing that, is when I started really like plotting a book. And then it was, um, it was actually New Year's Day of 2014. My aunt, I had posted something somewhere. It was like, I'm sure you've seen it, but it's like, you know, today's the first day of this year, make your story good or something like Mm -hmm. that. I had posted something like that. And my aunt who knew I wanted to write a book, she was like, well, let's do it. Let's write a book. Um, She actually did not write hers, but I did write mine. So that was what started (laughs) it. And I feel like, um, I feel like once you start that writing process, like your brain just opens to like this this is going to sound really strange, but like opens to this multiverse and like, I can't stop writing. Like Mm -hmm. it's literally my favorite thing to do now other than reading. So (laughs) my story is a little bit differently. So I always tried to write, always read, tried to write. And then I started narrating audiobooks and that's what got me into being able to get past, you know, one or two chapters and then losing the story. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, 
kind of the same. I mean, I still obviously read and now I have I have to read books because I have to narrate them. Yeah, yeah. A <laughs> little bit little bit more of a roundabout way. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. So did you hold it over your aunt's head? That you <laughs> <laughs> We do talk about it still. Um she she's one of those where she writes it all down on paper. Um which is fine. You know, a lot of people do that. Um mm-hmm. so I don't know if that's like, I don't know how active she's doing it. I think she is still, you know, writing, but okay. it is taking her obviously a little bit longer. <laughs> so you started on January 1st. How long did it take you to write the first one? Um, so the first one I had published by June. I did, I self-published. So I had it published by June. Um, looking back, maybe I should have taken a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I say that and I, I don't I think know everybody this. says that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like now though, like I am, I publish maybe a book a year, not because I don't write maybe as often, but I kind of sit on the stories a little bit until mm-hmm. I'm, you know, 100% certain that this is how I want the story to go. Right. Um, the first year I published, I actually published two books. Um and it was a lot. It was so much because I am an independently published author. So I have to, you know, find all the professionals that have to also go with making the book polished, right? Mm-hmm. Editors, cover designers and all of that. Um, and so now your it covers was a- are great. I-, I was looking through your books. So well, thank you very you much. Picked, you picked well. <laughs> thank you very much. Um I lost my train of thought there. I'm so um, sorry. So it was a no, lot no, no. the first You're... year to do it twice. Oh, yes. It was <laughs> It was a lot um, to do it twice. And not that I couldn't do it again. Um, I just feel like now I'm not a fast enough writer mm-hmm. to put out two works in one year. Um, so I just kind of go at my own flow. Um, and it's usually maybe about one book a year. So well, I feel like most authors that I've talked to, they have like their set, like I'm going to put out this many books a year or every other year or whatever. Uh-huh. And then, you know, maybe you'll get a bonus one occasionally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I have um, I have been in a few anthologies. So some shorter stories. Mm-hmm. So along with, you know, the larger novels or whatever, um, I do have a few short stories. So those are kind of sprinkled in there a little bit every so often. So you start writing your own book. Do you still do the blog or did that stop? Um, I actually do not do the blog anymore. I actually turned it over to my friend just because I couldn't write and do the blog at the same time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I turned it over to my friend and she did really well with it. She's a much better blogger than I am. I think when I handed it over to her, I had maybe 2,500 followers. Um, and she she actually doesn't have it anymore either. Um, it, she's kind of transitioned it into a group where people can talk about the books they're reading and advertise their books and everything like that. Um, but she had it up to like 25,000 followers. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> she was a much better blogger than I was. Um, Doesn't that hurt a little bit, though, when you're like, well, what was I doing wrong? That <laughs> At first it was like that. Yes, absolutely. But then I was like, you know what? She, uh, she's fine. She's a better <laughs> blogger. I, you know, I write. So it just it just happened to work out. We actually now have our own podcast kind of doing you know the book stuff too so um she and I work really well together and it's really fun um so yeah so how did the podcast come about 
So like I said, we, I had the blog, she had the blog. She actually doesn't necessarily do a whole lot of blogging. Like I said, she transitioned it into a group. So it's not Mm -hmm. really a whole lot of, uh, I mean, we, we moderate it, but it's not, she's not really like reviewing. I wasn't really doing a whole lot of reviewing anymore and we kind of missed it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but I don't really have a whole lot of time to do any reviewing or, you know, I don't want to say reviewing because if I read a book, I review it, but, um, you know, we just, we just thought that we wanted to do something, um, me being an indie author, her being very supportive of indie authors, we want to do something for other indie authors. And so we're like, Mm -hmm. you know what, let's do a podcast. Let's see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Um, because we really miss being in, you know, in the, in the book world in that way. Um, and it's actually gone pretty well. So and it's really fun. I'm sure, as you know, at least I think it's really fun. Uh, we're on kind of I, a hiatus. I only have three podcasts. So. Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's that's it. I saw someone post in one of the podcast groups on Facebook and they were like, it's kind of like tattoos. Once you get one, you can't stop. <laughs> yeah. And I actually thought about starting one um, just for myself, like and for my book writing specifically. But I was mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. I don't want to put myself out there too much because I also <laughs> have a full time day job. So same. Um, yeah. So it's just it's a lot. So, yeah, we do. Um, we're on a hiatus right now, but we'll probably start back up uh, after the first of the year. OK, so you put out two books your first year. What were you doing to promote those to get people to buy them? What did you do in that first year? Or did you do anything? (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) marketing my own books is very tough. Um, But, you know, being a blogger first, I had a lot of blogger friends. Mm -hmm. um, And so I was able to, you know, pull together some blogs who would like do blasts and reviews and things of early copies of my book for them. Um, I've actually, it's actually marketing has come a long way and maybe it's just for me I didn't know what I was doing um in 2014 but now there's like you know Amazon ads and Goodreads ads and uh book bubs and those types of things mm-hmm. um so those are all options that I have utilized um you know it's also um social media and the big one now is TikTok like book yeah. talk on TikTok is huge mm-hmm. um so I, I have a little bit of traction there as well if you've never seen me around, I'm in there too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have actually. I have to look you up. <laughs> now, I have to ask, I do narrate audiobooks and I notice you don't have any yet. Are there plans for that at some I, point? Yeah, I actually just started getting into, first of all, my personal self listening to books. I can devour so much so many more books now by listening to audio. It's like an addiction to me now. Like I am constantly <laughs> having my headphones on, listening to audiobooks. Um, you know, you can just you can do your housework while listening. It's just perfect. Right. But anyways, yes. Um, I did just get um I did notice that I'm kind of scared of audiobooks, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> um but I did just notice that Draft to Digital has um, a program. I don't. I'm sure you know what it is. Uh, vo- Voices something or other um, that I was looking into about putting some of my books in audio. But I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get most of my work from ACX, and so uh-huh. that's like the Amazon equivalent of Draft right. to Digital. Um, I don't work with. I have accounts on the other ones, but the other ones are very much like a. 
um, they wheedle down the list for the author. And so, like, not every narrator has an option to audition for every book. Um, okay. So I have yet to get an audition request from any of the other ones. Oh, gotcha. So I'm like, all right, but I'm staying busy with ACX and with authors that find me or I find okay. on TikTok. So well, I may have some questions for you then. <laughs> hey, I am totally happy to answer them. Awesome. So awesome. I started narrating about a year ago, a little over a year ago now. So um, do you not, love it? Not or? a long time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those. And I tell people this all the time. So I take on a lot of like newer authors that don't have big budgets to spend thousands of dollars on audiobook productions. Um, I work a day job that pays all my bills just fine, so I can do that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it was something that I'm like, I would sit on my couch for years, sit on my couch, binge reading everything. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I just want something that I can make money reading books. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, is there a way, you know, I would Google, is there a way to make money reviewing books? Is there a way to make money doing whatever? Never even considered that audiobook narration was an option. <laughs> well, I think it's, I think too, that it's just really gotten more prominent recently mm-hmm. in the last few years too. Well, I stumbled across some very clickbaity make a thousand dollars an hour narrating audiobooks and i'm like okay that's clearly clickbait but <laughs> but that's a good idea <laughs> can a random person like br- start doing that and yeah, yeah yes they can <laughs> so i got the well, you the have nice a great speaking voice so i see that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and that's it's the same with authoring like you put yourself out there and you're like oh no one's gonna like it it's not you know I'll maybe land like five books and then like that'll be it I I haven't taken a break since I started well, that's good <laughs> I just I just keep I had a break around Christmas because I intentionally gave myself a break around Christmas last year um and now I mean I've I'm booked in advance quite a ways now because I take on a lot of royalty share projects and newer authors. And um, I've got a couple publishers that are like, hey, you don't ghost us. So we're going to keep giving you books because yeah, you get them hey. done. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. So I, I do often wonder if you don't mind me asking, um, do you like read the books first and then narrate them? Like that's kind of a process. That, like I'm very, <laughs> so very I feel intriguing. Like- Every narrator is different in their process. For a nonfiction, I do not read those ahead of time because, I mean, worst case, you're going to have to look up words you don't know how to say. But that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, the subject matter doesn't matter. So, I mean, it could be a medical book. It could be a horse book. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. It's it's a nonfiction. Right. Um, Now, I perform them slightly better than dry reads that you will usually hear. Um, but it's nonfiction. You don't have to know, oh, this scene is real soft and quiet. And, oh, this scene is going to be action packed. So you need to speed up your talking. Um, so I do for fiction, which is all I do now. Um, I read them ahead of time and I will take notes. I have like a Google sheet where I'll note like in chapter one, these characters speak. Is it a male or a female? What Mm -hmm. character traits are said about, or just, you know, if the person talks and they're very rude, I'll put in rude <laughs> in like <laughs> character notes. So then yeah. when I'm going through and actually narrating it, I know kind of what voice to pick based on, you know, the read of the book. Right. Um, I mean, there are some times where there's characters where they're just kind of a not a bland character, but they just don't have any like super distinguishing characteristics. And so I'll just give like a very generic voice to them. 
Um, but for the most part, you know, your main character is going to be my normal voice. <laughs> main male character will be my normal male voice. <laughs> like I have like set ones that I use and then like, you know, the blonde will have a more bubbly voice and unless she's a bitchy blonde, in which case she'll <laughs> have more right. of that tone. <laughs> right. But yes, I do. I do read ahead of time. And most narrators that I know also read ahead of time for the same reason to get a feel for the story and the characters and all of that. Well, that's very that's very interesting. It's it's interesting. And I've definitely gotten better at the process. Like the beginning, I would just like read through the book, take no notes at all, just like read through the book. And I'm like, I'm good to go. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got a couple complicated books with a whole lot of characters. And I'm like, I need a way to organize this mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) When you go from like, you know, one like a normal romance with like a male and a female and the few side characters that keep the story moving to like, you know, some epic fantasy where you've got a hundred characters. Right. Yeah, I can certainly see that for sure. (laughs) So what is your, so I imagine at the beginning with your advertising, you didn't, you said you had your friend bloggers kind of blog about it, but you didn't really know about the ad stuff or they weren't available back then. Um, So you've kind of, perfected not perfected but you know gotten better at that process (laughs) yeah I've definitely not perfected it but yes I have figured out a little bit more into the ad process Mm -hmm. um and I think too social media has um gotten wiser to the fact that authors are probably making a little bit more money using their services for free and so I've noticed that um, if you don't pay for ads on social media, they're probably not going to get as seen as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's another thing. Uh, that's another aspect is like, now it's like, um, you can post, uh, I think with social media, it's like its own like thing. It's like, I don't know how to, how to describe it, but each each platform is is its own ecosystem that, of that's correct. how to make it work. <laughs> yes, yes. And like you have to, I mean, obviously you want to be interactive with your followers. I mean, right. obviously that's a given. And you know, you should be interactive with your followers. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're not as interactive with your followers, you're not going to get as many views on your information. And so right. it's just such... Um, you have to like walk this tightrope of I'm writing this story. I'm marketing the story. I'm making friends. I'm, you know, there's just so many, there's so many layers to being an author. And really sometimes I'm just like, I just want to write my story. That's it. I just want to write my story. And you just pray that you end up the next AK Mulford whose video blows up or Emily Black something. I don't remember her last name. Yeah. Who like, you know, posts one video and then gets, you know, $17,000 in royalties that month. And you're just like, please let that be me someday. Yeah. Yes, uh, absolutely. I don't I don't know if you've seen any of these people, Um, but A.K. <laughs> Mulford got, after two books published, a seven-figure book deal. Like, <laughs> you're like, please let that be me. And then, yes. and then also a little bit like, that would be slightly terrifying if that were me. <laughs> yeah, because, you know... 
you, when you're at the top, there's only one way to go, right? Like you are expected to like produce like this perfect product every single time. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of weight to be on your shoulders. Um, so would I want to be in that situation? I mean, I wouldn't mind the money. Right. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to say no. (laughs) I'm not going to say no, but it kind of like being like there in the middle kind of, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Would be good for me. So (laughs) (laughs) be nice to quit the job, but I don't necessarily have to be making seven figures. I just need to be like somewhere where I could only do writing and book related things. (laughs) Yes. I feel like right now, I I feel like I could definitely do a little bit of better time management for myself. Um, But I feel like right now I don't, um, my time management is not the best for trying um, or for being able to only be a writer. If mm-hmm. I, you know, had a little bit of better time management skills, I think I probably could do a little bit better than what I'm doing, mm-hmm. uh, but I am not there right now. <laughs> um, you know, I, I like writing. I love publishing stories. Like, it's just, it's so cathartic for me to just sit down and put my headphones on and listen to music and just write and just mm-hmm. write whatever, you know, um, but the rest of the stuff is just a lot yeah Um, it's a lot so So where do you get the ideas for your stories from oh goodness (laughs) everywhere anywhere uh it could be i'll tell you one of my stories it actually was my first story um i was writing it and i had come to a section where i'm like i'm not really sure which way this story should go cuz even though i do like loosely outline the book i don't have everything pinpointed of what's going to happen right? right so i was watching tv uh, instead of writing i was watching tv <laughs> uh, um and a commercial came on and it was a tire commercial right and and the song in the background mixed with what was happening, like this guy, like this, I don't remember exactly what happened in the tire commercial, but she had, she had a flat tire and she had called someone to help. But the, between the story that was happening in the commercial and the music that was happening in the background, I was like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. So, I mean, inspiration comes from a lot of different places in the shower, <laughs> mostly um, long car rides. Um, I have two brothers that live down in, I'm from Indiana and I have two brothers who live down in Tennessee. So that's like a good five hour drive. Mm-hmm. And I actually drove there and back by myself one time and like plotted my whole book I was working on, um, and pretty much just wrote it from there. So, uh, you know, it, it can come from anywhere at any time of the day or night. <laughs> So do you use like notes on your phone to keep track of this? Or? Oh yes. Yes, I do. Um and before but before I started doing this, like I just have notebooks everywhere. Notebooks everywhere with notes everywhere. I'm like, okay. I need to do a little bit better with this. So, yes, I started using my notepad and you should just see it. I just have pages and pages <laughs> on my phone of on my notepad on my phone of just like and it, and some of them have like three words on it that like would help me remember of something that I was thinking of. Are you? I hope? don't know. I hope. That's what I was going to say. I hope maybe four da- four years down the road, when I finally get to that story, I'll be like, red shoes. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> 
Yeah, I've gotten to the point where, like, when I'm doing my character descriptions, I try to be more helpful for myself. But, like, yesterday I'm voicing a new character and I'm like, what's my character description for this guy? All I typed was asshole. Like, you can do a lot with that. Though. I'm like, all right then, <laughs> AKA what? Because he's like Colonel something, and but he goes, you know, his actual name is Arthur, and so it was like, yeah, oh, asshole, AKA Arthur. All right, got it. <laughs> yeah, I happened to be doing a live on TikTok when I was like trying to do that part, and the author was in the live, and I'm like, well, it's accurate to the character at least, <laughs> like. <laughs> Sometimes, That's, sometimes the notes are less helpful than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I gotcha. And sometimes it'll be like a reminder thing of like, I had one, like one of the characters. There's like a scene where she's not sure who's talking, so I had put like, "Hey, it's this character," but you know, change his voice slightly so that it's not a dead giveaway who that was in that scenario where you're not supposed to know yet that that's who that is in that scenario. Yeah. But sometimes not not helpful notes, but book writing is is the same. It's, you know, your notes are only as helpful as you being able to recall what the heck you were talking about. Exactly. (laughs) That is exactly right. Three words, man, those better be three perfect words. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) Did the main character, is she supposed to be wearing red shoes? (laughs) Is is she a stripper wearing red shoes on the pole? Is she I, like a businesswoman that likes to wear <laughs> red yeah, Vuitton? Yeah, so I don't like... have quite as many of the three word uh, notes uh, as as I do. You know, you know, like maybe a full paragraph or something. But I do have a couple of them, and I do every now and then go through and like clean it out because you know I'll use you know whatever notes are in there, and then I'll go through and clean out what I've already used, and I'll see some of them. And I'm like, what? am I talking about here? (laughs) We'll leave it. We'll try to figure it out later. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I had too much going on. I'll figure out what I'm doing with these damn red shoes later. (laughs) What was the note before it? What was the note after it? Maybe we can, we can figure it out in context. Where was my brain at the rest of that, you know, week or month or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, sometimes you won't use them and that's okay. I mean, at the time I thought, you know, this is a good, this is a good plot line. I can maybe build from this, but you know, when I come back to it and that spark isn't there anymore, it just, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So I started writing, I guess towards the beginning of this year, I started, (laughs) what happened was I couldn't manage to (laughs) land a fiction book to save my life to narrate. So I'm like, I'm just going to write my own. (laughs) There you (laughs) go. I started and then I started landing fiction books. Um, But then around my anniversary, I'm like talking to my husband about my book. And he's like, oh, I've had since I was in junior high this idea for this book. So I got him writing. And but then he like he'll get bored. He'll have another idea. So now he's got two books he's kind of working on side Mm -hmm. by side. When he gets bored of one, he'll work on the other and he goes back Mm -hmm. and forth. Um, I had one. I got bored. I wanted to do something with mythology. So I bought all the books to research the mythology. And then I got completely booked up on narrating and don't have time to read any of them. Yeah. So I'm like, well, that's what you get when you give yourself a full-time job plus narrating full-time plus three podcasts. Yep. <laughs> exactly. what you get. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of why we're on a little bit of a hiatus right now on my podcast because... um 
So we usually try to do about 12 or 13 episodes per season, and then we take a small break. Mm-hmm. We've taken a little bit of a longer one this time because my mom actually got sick at the beginning of the year. So I've been doing a lot of you know things with her. And then my son is a senior in high school this year, so he has a lot going on. And then yeah. him and I went on a almost a two-week trip to Europe in October with his school. Um, and I just got to the point where I was like, I cannot do one more thing. And so (laughs) we ended our season and I told my co-host and I was like, okay, we need to take a break. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I was to the point where I was like, I don't even want to do this podcast ever again. (laughs) (laughs) And I knew that I wouldn't continue to feel that way. Yeah, yeah, I just needed a break. And so that's kind of why we're on a little bit of a longer hiatus now. So So I start narrating last September and I was landing fiction or nonfiction, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, we just need to practice our fiction. So I start a daily fiction podcast. Daily. 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 But it is a, um, so I'll read a chapter a day of a classic novel. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I'm not having to do like, it's not, I know a lot of people will say like podcasts are a full-time job, but like, I don't have to go research that. I just pick the next public domain book. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I you know read a chapter or two each morning, and then I go about the rest of my day. Um, and then obviously I edit it. I did not edit at the beginning, and the audio quality is not great. Yeah, <laughs> they are edited now. They sound much better. Yeah, <laughs> I've gotten better at you know at the beginning. If you don't have an acting background and you haven't really ever had to read books out loud to people and sound professional doing it, mm-hmm. you sound very stiff, and it sounds like you're reading off of a book. So now when I listen back to like all those early books that I did, I'm like, oh, I sound so bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like bad, bad. I mean, like I have a lot of downloads on that podcast. So I'm doing, I'm doing okay for myself, but I'm like, man, why did people listen in the beginning? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you learn, you live and you learn. Yeah. (laughs) You learn to edit and you learned. <laughs> that was a big thing for me too. Like I edit, like at first I tried to edit. I'm like, okay, this is good. And then as I got, as I went along, I was like, yeah, we're going to have to go back to those other episodes because I've just learned so much more about editing episodes. Um, I Obviously I don't know everything and I still have a lot to learn about it, but I'm a little bit better than what I was a year ago. <laughs> Well, I listened to one of your podcast episodes, the Bridgerton one. So I was uh-huh. like, I just wanted to hear your your podcast ahead of time. So I was listening to the Bridgerton one and I was like, this is actually, I think I only got like halfway through it because I was like trying to do one job and I finished doing what I was right, doing. Right. So um, well, I, I ran out of that. time, Thank but you. I enjoyed the episode. So it's still on my like continue playing mm-hmm. <laughs> thing on my Apple podcasts. Yeah. Um, Thank so you. what I is your... That. So you're learning the editing with the podcast. How does your editing process for your books go? Like you finish the book and then what do you do? Um, so I actually have readers, uh, beta readers who read along with me. That way I don't get too far into the book and there's like a huge uh, plot hole that I miss and that would take okay. a ton of work to fix. So that's almost more um, like an alpha reader than a Yeah, beta. yeah, yeah. More like an alpha reader. Um, I have both, but yeah, I guess that's more like an alpha reader. Um, so they read along with me. Not only do they look for like plot holes or whatever and consistency, they do, they do a little bit of proofreading, although I don't tell them to put as much emphasis on that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
during the, the writing process. Um, but then I do have um, someone who will go through the book for me and do some light proofreading on it. And then mm-hmm. I do have an editor um, who uh, who will go in and do like line edits and things like that once the book once I've had, once I feel like the the story is fine and there's no plot holes in it. Um, and then it's been through the alpha and beta readers and they are fine. And then I have my one friend who proofreads, um, and then, and then I will send it off to the editor. My, my biggest problem though, is I still am one of those writers who I feel like I need to make sure I edit as I go instead Mm -hmm. of just writing and then going back and editing. I don't know why I still do that because I know a lot of a lot of writers are like, no, just get your words down on the paper and then you can go back later and do it. For me, it does take longer. That's why I'm not a fast writer. Um, At the end of the day, though, you have to do what works for you. Yeah. As long as you're getting from idea to finished book, it not everybody's way of working is going to work. Just like with narrating, it's the same thing. There's a lot of narrators that will narrate their script based on, like, this character's in blue and this one's in red and all of that. For me, seeing all those colors is going to be incredibly distracting, and it's yes. not, it doesn't work for my brain. Yeah. It's not everybody's process works for everybody. Right, um, right. But that's my husband is dyslexic, and so when he's writing, he's doing the same thing, and he will also have it read it to him to make sure that he used the right word because his spelling is not great because of the dyslexia. Right. And so he's had a couple times where it's been reading to him and he's like, that's not the word that was supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very much a, as long as it works for you and you're not putting out, you know, not subpar. Like I don't, I don't, I do not subscribe to the indie books are not as well done as traditionally published books. I've found issues in both indie and right. traditionally. Pu- I think Absolutely. indie, Indie has a tendency to have more authors that don't do any editing on their books, but there are, as long as you're going through the process and you don't even necessarily, if you have a really, really good set of beta readers and alpha readers that are catching all of those mistakes for you, it may not even need to see an editor, but understanding where your shortcomings are and when you need to ask for help like you do a podcast, so you use your voice. You may not like your own voice for your own audiobooks. You could do it if you wanted to, <laughs> yeah. but not everybody wants to listen to their voice yeah. for hours. <laughs> and I had actually thought about that, but I don't I don't think I could do it. <laughs> There's other oh. people out there like you who love to do narrations, and that is fine because that's just not something that I feel like I could do. My sister actually has a great speaking voice and I've been trying to talk her into trying to try narration. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get her to do it, but she has a great speaking voice. Just don't show her. I don't know if you've seen the video on TikTok of you can do this from your bed. <laughs> like, I actually haven't seen that. But. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was, it caused like a big uproar in like the narrator and voiceover community. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could, but it's not going to sound good. Like, right. <laughs> that's like, I mean, I've I've listened to a couple audiobooks where you can tell that they're either not properly spaced from their microphone, like they're too far away and it sounds like they're talking down a hallway. Uh-huh. Or 
like it just didn't really get edited at all. And you can hear a bunch of like noises in the background. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, there's an occasional where a noise may slip through because it's like, wow, I did that scene so well. But oh, my gosh, there's a police car siren in the background. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So you always have to ask yourself, can I do it better or would I probably do it worse and I shouldn't touch it? (laughs) Right. I feel like that's the same with books, too, though. Like when you're writing, can I write that better? You could probably always spend, you know, extra years working on your book to <laughs> make and it And that's better. the thing, too. That's I think that's my problem is like I spend so much time like rereading what I wrote and I change it and I change it and I change it. And I just have to tell myself, you are always going to change this. Just yeah. keep writing. You know what I mean? You can always write this better. Um, And you will continue to change it if you just focus on this one section. So let's move on. And I actually uh, recently just found out, and I never thought I'd be able to do this. Generally, I would think, generally, I have written my books in linear order. Start Mm -hmm. here, go to the end. Um, This last book that I just released a couple of weeks ago, um, I was stuck in the middle. I was completely stuck. Um, and I was like, I don't like, I have this part and I know what's going to happen here, but I cannot get this middle to like line up with what I wanted to do. So I went ahead and I wrote the ending, you know, I wrote the beginning, I wrote the ending and I'm like, okay, I have these two sections. I have now a little bit, bridge it. <laughs> I have to bridge it, but now I have a little more context on how I'm, how I'm ending So now I can fill in all these empty spaces where I was having an issue with. And Mm -hmm. you know what? It worked. It worked so well. And I just, I couldn't believe it because I've always like, how am I going to write, you know, out of order if I don't know what's going to happen to to begin with? Yeah. Um, But it actually worked very well. And it saved my life. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen on TikTok. Have you seen Amberly Henning at all? Uh, I'm not sure. Contained in Darkness, Bound in Shadow are her two books that are out now. It sounds familiar. Um, So she writes these like 120,000 plus word books. Oh, wow. Epics. Yeah. yeah. She wrote the first two, skipped the third and is writing the fourth so that she can go back and write the third to make sure she ties up all the plot holes and stuff. Makes sense. So me, I'm narrating her books, (laughs) books one and two, and she's like... I'm 70,000 words in. Well, now she's 100,000 words in. And she's like, I still have like 30 something chapters in my outline to go. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I basically took her book because I've like saved time slots for to finish this series of hers. Uh-huh. Um, and so I'm like, yeah. So I filled as much time as I could. I'm like, you have 170,000 words. If you go over that, we may have to push it back in time. Because yeah, it's like, that's a lot. That's a lot of days of, I think that's like 15 days of narrating to get that wow. book done. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of words. I don't know. My books are not that long. I'll just tell you now. Yours um, are mostly romance, right? They are. Well, mostly, yes. I do have one that's a thriller. I don't know if you saw Angel Face, but it's a thriller. She's an assassin. There is a, like a love story like woven in there, but it is not the main aspect of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have one that does have a romance in it, but it really is like, it has a little bit of a darker theme to it. That one made me question myself a little bit. I don't know where that story came from, but uh, it's a little <laughs> bit of a darker uh, story. It does have a romance in it, but it's, it's more of like, 
I don't even like I call it like a thriller mystery dark romance type of thing because it has like a it does have like a a story like the way that I've I wrote it and I've gotten very mixed reviews on it but the way that I wrote it was like I like I went from I I started at present day and kind of every so often would throw in there like the past and then at the end of the book like past and present meet Mm-hmm. So you know what the whole story is. Right. Um, I've gotten very mixed reviews on that, but I, I thought it worked. I really liked it. Um, but yeah, but most of the other ones are like full on romance. Um, I mean, so typically stories. like a romance, you're not going to get over like 100,000. It's going to be like topping the charts. It's not until you get into like fantasies that you're yeah, getting yeah. like way over that and most romance ones that I've done have been around like 60 to 80,000 words yeah and that's about what mine are I don't know that I've gone over 70 mine go from about 55 to 70 I did um, a few like novella length ones but mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not normally what I'm doing <laughs> yeah yeah Nikki loved Little Red Riding Hood growing up Little Red Riding Hood is a European fairy tale about a young girl and a sly wolf. Its origins can be traced back to several pre-17th century European folktales. The two best-known versions were written by Charles Perrault and the Brothers Grimm. The story has been changed considerably in various retellings and subjected to numerous modern adaptations and readings. Other names for the story are Little Red Cap, or simply Red Riding Hood, it is number 333 in the Arne Thompson classification system for folktales. Today, we'll be reading Les Petites Chaperons Rouges, the French version of this fairy tale. Don't forget, we're reading Les Mortes d'Arthur, the story of King Arthur and of his noble knights of the round table on our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. Les Petites Chaperons Rouges, Little Red Riding Hood. Once upon a time... In the middle of a dense forest, there was a small house where lived a pretty little girl named Little Red Riding Hood. One sunny day, her mother called her into the kitchen of their little house. Grandma is sick, she said. Take her this basket of cakes, but be very careful. Stay on the path through the forest and don't stop. If you walk quickly, no harm will come to you. Don't worry, she said. I will run to Grandma's without stopping. Little Red Riding Hood kissed her mother and left. The little girl started her long trip through the forest. But she soon forgot the wise words of her mother. She saw a patch of strawberries under a tree. What lovely strawberries! She exclaimed, laying her basket on the ground. They are so nice and ripe. And so big, delicious. I'll maybe just have one more. Suddenly, Little Red Riding Hood remembered her mother, her promise, her grandmother, and the basket. She hurried back towards the path. The wood became thicker and thicker. A yellow butterfly flew down through the trees. Oh, how pretty, she exclaimed, and she chased the butterfly through the trees. I'll catch you. And she saw some large daisies in the grass. Oh, how beautiful, she exclaimed. Grandma will love them and she picked a huge bunch of flowers. Meanwhile, two menacing eyes watched her from behind a tree. A strange noise in the woods made Little Red Riding Hood jump with fright, and her heart started to thump. I must find the path and run away from here quickly. Little Red Riding Hood ran and ran, and finally found the path. 
But as soon as she started to relax, she heard another strange noise behind her. A very big voice which said, Hello, little girl. Why are you walking in the forest all alone? Where are you going? I'm taking some cakes to my grandma. She lives at the very end of this path, said Little Red Riding Hood in a very small voice. Does your grandma live alone? asked the wolf, for it was the big bad wolf she was talking to. Oh, yes, replied Little Red Riding Hood, and she never opens the door to strangers. You have a very clever grandma, answered the wolf. Well, it was very nice talking to you. Maybe we'll meet again. The wolf left thinking, hmm, I will first eat the grandma, and then I will wait for the little girl to come. The wolf arrived at the end of the path, where the little house stood. Knock, knock. The wolf knocked on the door. Who's there? called Grandma from her bed. It's me, Little Red Riding Hood. I've brought you some cakes because you are sick, answered the wolf, trying his best to hide his big wolf voice. Oh, that's marvelous, said Grandma. She didn't notice anything strange. Come in. Poor Grandma. In less than two seconds, the wolf had jumped across the room and swallowed the old lady. Gulp. And the wolf put on Grandma's dress and hat and slid into the bed. Soon, Little Red Riding Hood knocked on the door. Grandma, it's me. May I come in? The wolf tried to imitate Grandma's small voice and answered, Hello, my dear. Come in. What a big voice you have, Grandma, said the little girl in surprise. It's to greet you better, my dear, said the wolf. And what big eyes you have, Grandma. It's to see you better, my dear. And what big hands you have, exclaimed Little Red Riding Hood approaching the bed. It's to hug you better, my dear. And what a big mouth you have, murmured the little girl in a feeble voice. It's the better to eat you with, growled the wolf, and he leapt out of the bed and swallowed her as well. Then with a full stomach, he fell asleep. At that moment, a hunter emerged from the forest. He saw the house and decided to stop and ask for a glass of water. He was looking for a big wolf who had been terrorizing the village. The hunter heard a strange whistling inside the house. He looked through the window and saw the big wolf snoring on Grandma's bed. The wolf. He won't escape me this time. The hunter opened the stomach of the wolf, and to his surprise, out popped Grandma in Little Red Riding Hood, safe and sound. Oh, thank you, said the old lady. It's safe to go home now, said the hunter to Little Red Riding Hood. The big bad wolf is dead. There's no more danger on the path. Little Red Riding Hood's mother arrived at Grandma's house when the sun was setting. She had been worried when her daughter hadn't returned home. When she saw Little Red Riding Hood, she burst into tears of joy. Oh, you're safe. After having thanked the hunter again, Little Red Riding Hood and her mother walked back home through the forest. As they were walking quickly under the trees, the little girl said to her mother, We must always stay on the path and never stop. If we do that, we will stay safe. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week for the conclusion of Nikki's journey to holding her own fairy tale in her hands, and to hear another of her favorite fairy tales.